Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Good morning, Revival Life Church. Listen, worship, I mean, this is going to be a neat kind of service right here. We're going to do something different. We're going to, we're going to talk to some people. We're going to interview some folks. Uh, we're going to have a conversation today. We want to in- welcome you into this conversation. And the first thing I want to do uh, is, you know, we've had babies born who haven't come to church yet. We haven't been able to squeeze their fat little thighs, tickle them, or me talk about how they're screaming through the wall during service. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to introduce to you the babies who have been born at Revive Life Church since we've been, well, they haven't been to us since lockdown. Some were born a little bit before but the parents were waiting uh, for the vaccinations and, and whatnot, like you do a puppy, before they bring them out in public. And so uh, we have six, six kids, six, well, seven kids, six families, uh, that we haven't met their babies yet. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. I was going to introduce them all. We don't have time for all that. Uh, so what we're going to do is stay right here. I'm going to let the parents introduce the children on their own. You ready? All right, here we go. You ready? That was fun, right, guys? Everybody was that fun? Yeah, yeah. We love the babies at Revival Life Church. We love the children. Now, listen, uh, we only have like one prego that I know of right now. I mean, we're going to have a slew of, uh, well, you know what? We're on lockdown, so it's possible there's a boom coming. Hallelujah. Hey, so here we are on the uh, the, the the road to the comforter. And... Uh, I'm excited. What, what are we in now? We're in May, almost the end of May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. February will be an exciting time for our church nine months from now. So we're in the road to the comforter uh, where we're at this week. I don't know if you knew, but this week uh, there was a day of ascension on Thursday. Now, the day of ascension isn't, isn't celebrated as much in America. It's a, it's a national holiday in uh, many European countries. <clears throat> but uh, remember, Jesus uh, died on the cross. Uh, he rose from the dead three days later. Forty days after that, he was ascended into heaven. He was assumed into heaven, which was Thursday of this week. That was a day of ascension. Now, ten days after that, next Sunday, a week from today, is Pentecost. Now, on Pentecost service, listen, I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to fall. I'm expecting worship to be very good. Uh, not like it isn't, you know, but very good. And we're going to have a bunch of people here that are going to pray uh, for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit for you at the end of next week's service. So uh, so next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Now, what I wanted to talk to you very briefly before uh, I have this, uh, some people up is I just want to have a little bit of a conversation about coronavirus and um, what we're doing here at Revival Life Church. Now, you know, there's been a lot of uh, scientific studies on this thing. They don't have it figured out yet. Um, <clears throat> did you know uh, that ants actually can't get the coronavirus? They have antibodies. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Thank you. No, but... Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, but seriously, uh, many, many, uh, many churches are... Uh, 
they just kind of picked a day out of a hat and decided they're going to start meeting on Pentecost Sunday. And uh, uh, that's not what we're doing. Uh, they just picked some arbitrary date uh, that it's going to be super special on that day. And um, I want to bring you into our thinking and how we're coming up with a plan, uh, what we're doing as a church. Now, we know people react to crises different ways. Now, if you have seen any of the social media on the people losing their minds for various reasons about coronavirus, you already know people react different ways. Some of you, this has been super productive for you. You have picked up new things. You have really stepped up your game. Uh, Other people, you just needed downtime to process. You've been more exhausted. Uh, Anytime I'm exhausted, I blame it on the Rona. Like I just say, I'm fighting the virus. Uh, I'll probably get over it in a day or two. Clearly, I don't Uh, did not have it, but people process different ways. People react to crisis different ways. And sometimes we say we're acting in faith when really it's denial. And uh, denial is not helpful for you. It's not helpful for anybody around you. Um, Some people in the church, and I can can only speak about the charismatic church. That's, That's what we're a part of. People act like the world has never dealt with anything like this. Like this is so unique and so unusual that there's no precedent for this. And that's just, it's just absolutely not true. Uh, In the earliest days of the Bible, we see contagious disease like leprosy. This is not new to mankind. And, And we see the way God told them to deal with leprosy was isolation. Now, we know in Leviticus, people were healed of leprosy, yet and still they didn't say it's a faith test Bring the lepers in the colony, and if you really trust God, no, no. God made it very clear. You keep the lepers to the side and do certain things to make sure people stay safe. And it's wise, and Jesus actually orders us not to test the Lord. We don't just do whatever we want to do and say, God will whatever. Now, we want to have faith for healing at all times. And I believe that there is a supernatural protection in this season. I believe that there's an anointing for healing. But the Bible tells us, do not get prideful and say the Lord will do this or that and put ourselves in harm way, trusting that God will overshadow our stupidity. It is, it's just, it's not the ways of God. As a matter of fact, as we studied last week, what we're supposed to lean toward is love. What we're supposed to do is lean toward serving our neighbor. What we're supposed to be leaning into is demonstrating the love of God for other people. Remember now that loving people was the commandment of God. Remember we talked about this week. God, Jesus came and he gave us commandments. He said that we are to love people. We're to love them in a way that causes us to do something. We're to love them in a way that reflects to them that they're important enough for us to change our lives. That's what love looks like. It's a commandment, not a suggestion. It's not a philosophy, not a religion. It's a commandment. Now, you remember here in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul and all your mind. This is, this, this is the command of Jesus. Then he says, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Again, this wasn't like the pep talk of Jesus. These were his commandments. It's pretty simple. Love God, love others. Love God, 
love others. And this is the mission of the church. This is the mission of Revival Life Church. And this has not changed. This is nothing new. This is historically the mission of the church. That we are to love God, love people. We prove how we love God by how we love people. This is what it's always been. In um, 1527, there was this bubonic plague spreading through Europe. And they called it the Black Death. And it came and went for centuries. And it wiped out populations. Millions and millions of people. Now, they didn't know exactly how it spread. They didn't have germ theory. They didn't, they didn't know all the things we know today. But they knew that you could get it from other people. And so when the plague hit Wittenberg, Germany, people started clearing out of town. They, they started leaving in droves to the point where town officials were leaving, healthcare workers were leaving, they were abandoning people. And the governor ordered Martin Luther, the famous reformer, of course, who was based in Wittenberg, he commanded him to leave, but Martin Luther refused to leave. He was there with his pregnant wife, Katharina, and uh, everybody told him to leave, and, 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 and Martin Luther said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, God called me here. And so Christians began to ask him, hey, is it okay for Christians to flee the plague? Is it okay if we leave the town? And Martin Luther read a very, excuse me, he wrote a very famous letter, uh, and it's more like a book, but they called it a letter then. And it was titled, uh, whether, one, whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague. Now, I don't need to ask that question personally. Uh, do, should you flee from a deadly plague? I got that one worked out. Yes. But what Martin Luther was trying to say was, listen, if people are counting on you, if you're a healthcare worker, if you're the pastor of a flock, if there aren't other people to take care of your family, it is your Christian duty to take care of people. You cannot ab abandon people to die just to protect yourself. We have to care about other people, even if it causes the loss of our own life, because our life is already assured in heaven. He said, everyone uh, should ward off the contagion as best he can. I'm going to quote a little bit from his writing here. He said, if everybody would ward it off, then the death toll would be moderate. But if some are too panicky and desert their neighbors in their plight, and if some are so foolish as to not take precautions but aggravate the contagion, then the devil has a heyday and many will die. These are wise words for us today. He said, on both counts, this is a grievous offense to God and to man. He said, thankfully, where we are, uh, the air is okay, but many people have been contaminated because of laziness and recklessness of some. He said, so the devil enjoys himself at the terror and flight which he causes among us. He went on to say, as we have learned, all of us have the responsibility of warding off this poison to the best of our ability because God has commanded us to care for the body. Watch this, and this is what he says here. If one makes no use of intelligence or medicine when he could do so without detriment to his neighbor, such a person injures his body and must beware lest he become a suicide in God's eyes. This is Martin Luther, the great reformer. He said, listen, if you act stupid and you get sick and die, you're in fear 
of going before the Lord as if you killed yourself on purpose. That's, that's a big deal. That's, that's, we're taking this very seriously. We're not being cavalier about this. So what's our plan for regathering? Well, we've sent you a survey uh, through email and we posted it on our social media. We asked that you would just take a couple minutes and complete the survey. We just want to get some ideas on where you're at with this thing. Um, we want to know, you know, would you be comfortable having a small group in your home? Would you be comfortable gathering with watch parties at your house? And if you're not, what does that say about you gathering with more people at the church? All right, so just take a moment, fill that out if you would. But here's the truth, and, and I want you to get this. The church has always used technology to connect when they could not get together. We have our entire New Testament. All that is, is using the technology of the day to connect with believers when we can't be together. That's literally how we have the Bible. People wrote letters to other people and had people carry it there, and they preached the Word of God that way. Now, I'm thankful that we've moved to technology, and I'm, and I'm thankful that we have this healthy church that we have. But a public gathering is not public if we have to tell people not to invite other people. That works against the mission of our church. We have so many first generations at Revival Life, first generation believers at Revival Life Church. I'm not sure yet how we have believers if we say we can only have 50 people in the room, if we can only have 75 people in the room. Don't bring a guest, don't witness, don't bring anybody, and if anybody wants to come, they have to RSVP. So we don't know exactly when things are going to open up. We know right now that Boca Raton is in phase one of the CDC's recommendation. We know it's going to be somewhere between phase two and phase three. I know other churches have gone ahead, and that's between them and God, what they're doing. I know that phase one says no more than 10 people, and um, we're just going to err on the side of caution. But before we do that, um, I want to tell you what we are doing as a church to demonstrate how we're still loving people in this season. We never stop being the church in the midst of the coronavirus. We never stop. We actually have taken some things to another level. Our small groups have multiplied online. More people are connected than ever before. Uh, we are still obeying the command to love God and love people. Just like Paul continued to minister when he was in prison, we're continuing to minister. We're still being the church. We're, we're still reaching people. And so we need you to fill out this survey. We need you to talk to others about what God is doing. And what we really want to do is keep the elderly safe. We want to keep the kids safe. How do we have church without kids touching each other? Figure that out for me. I'm not quite sure yet. And so, you know, we've all heard news stories of people who called this a hoax and then went to the hospital. And, and what we found out is the coronavirus doesn't really care what you think about it. You can call it fake, you can call it real. Either way, if you get it, you're going to get it. And so I'm not trying to be that guy, right? There's a slew of Pentecostal churches whose pastors have died because they thought that they were somehow immune. So we're doing lots of stuff, and we're going to talk to some people about what we're doing right now. We're going to start with my wife, uh, Pastor Tracy. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we're in this season, honey, where, say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. So we're, we're, we're doing video services, we're doing small group gatherings, we're doing counseling, feeding programs, youth ministry, women's ministry. I may even sing at some point. 
that's not going to happen, actually. Uh, so uh, my wife has continued to meet with people, uh, has continued to have counseling. And what I really wanted to ask her quickly, because I've already gone too long, honey. Um, well, it's hard to believe that I would go long, right? It's hard. Corey's going to be up here in a second, and we're just going to, we may just cut it off in the middle of our conversation. We'll just continue it on Friday night. So how have people been reacting uh, to this, and what, what issues have you seen? What, what should people be looking out for in this season as far as, you know, how you've been counseling them internally? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that um, life has continued to happen to us. Um, you know, people sometimes have stressful situations at home. Um, people have had deaths in the family um, not related to the coronavirus. I've talked to people that people have had marital problems during the season. Henry had a heart attack. He He's better have, now. He did not have a heart attack. Well, no. he had something. Angina. Angina. But that was scary. He had a little stint yeah. thing happen. We're so happy that you're better, Henry. We love you, Henry. We love you. He had surgery. All this in a couple of days. He's efficient. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, you know, people are just continuing to have, have life happen. And so how, how are we reaching out to people is, you know, when, when people are having issues, one, one thing that we're doing is we're staying connected. Yeah. So our small group leaders, our online prayer team leaders are talking to people. And so when they have something going on, someone knows. And so people are praying. We've also encouraged our leaders to really be um, reaching out to people and connecting to see if they're going through things. Um, people, I had someone in my family pass uh, recently. And so people have, people called me and reached out to me and to see if I was okay. Someone actually cooked me a Southern meal. Go ahead. My grandmother was a Southern cook and, um, you know, really blessed me. But we are continuing with counseling. And so people have the, the issues of life that, that they deal with, anxiety, depression. We had two families buy houses this week. This week. Congratulations. But that could be a little anxiety provoking, huh? You know, but, um, so when people are wanting counseling in the, in, during usual times, they will come to the office, I'll meet with them in my office, and we are social distancing. So I've been meeting with people via, uh, via Zoom yeah, or just telephone calls. And I can tell you that um, God, can, Holy Spirit can heal hearts. Amen. He can video. still move, yeah. So, and so I understand you're doing a women's thing soon. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Um, I want yeah, I've, I've glanced to Sarah twice. She didn't quite get my glances. Come on over, the Sarah. The way my wife does. <laughs> So Come on as up, you Sarah. know, we, um, Sarah, uh, Sarah Pagano, myself, and Chelsea Alford, uh, Chelsea Rample. She's Sorry. married. She's, She's married, married for from, a long time. For a long time. <laughs> Forgive me. Chelsea. Go ahead. Um, we lead our RLC Women's Ministry, and we have an event coming up. Woo. Yes. Tell us about June it, Sarah. June 7th. Yeah, what's going on with that? What's going on? Okay. So June 7th, we're going to have an online women's gathering in our homes, and we really just want to get together with the ladies and encourage and just worship together and just have a conversation, kind of like we're doing now, you know, just talk and, and um, get to connect online. How much are we charging for that? It's free. Wait. Totally free. And Such there's a no deal. need for childcare because it's online. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Dads, get ready for uh, June 7th at 5 yes. p.m. You're on deck. <laughs> do, do, we have a, do, we, do we know what's going to be happening at this thing? We're going to have a time of worship. We're going to have um, an encouraging message, conversation shared by myself, Sarah, and Chelsea Rample. And, um, and we're also going to have some time of discussion with the ladies because we like to talk. So inciting. It's so exciting. So, so I'm going to talk to Sarah now. Is that all right? Okay, yes. All right. Bye. So, so, Bye. so it's my beautiful bride, everybody. 
Hey, so so Sarah Pagano hey. is a uh, uh, director of our community life. Community life. <laughs> I knew there was a word for what she does. And so in, in community life, tell us a little bit about what we have been doing as the church, continuing to be the church in this season. So um, the, the biggest thing that we've been doing is these online small groups. This that, is your camera right here. Oh, the, yeah, that one. Go ahead. Okay. So the biggest thing that we've been doing is uh, these online prayer groups where we have a bunch, we have like 15 prayer groups that are happening online, the small groups, and, and we're just connecting and praying and just ministering to one another and really just having conversations and, and just being open and having a good time. And these conversations that we're having, these times we get to connect, are really helpful in this season where it feels, it makes it feel a little bit normal. Um, like I know we can't be physically together in our life groups as usual, but uh, it's really helpful to be able to connect with people and just these opportunities to go and love in this way. You know, that commandment hasn't changed. It right? really like hasn't. Coronavirus doesn't take that away. Um, but we have these opportunities to, to love people in our small groups and talk to them and it's good. Yeah, and what I found, Sarah, is um, people need you. People are like, oh, I don't know if I want to be in one, but it's about loving God, loving others. And um, I found a lot of these conversations that happen even after the meeting through text or whatever, you know, there's healing in that, just, yeah. just, just staying connected in this relationship. Yeah, and even, you know, just people being vulnerable and, and opening up, it really just gives some Fellas, you don't have to be vulnerable, right? <laughs> In the fellas group, yes, you, do, guys. you can just be shallow. That's what we do oh, in men's gosh. groups. It's the women who get vulnerable. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, the, but the vulnerability just kind of displaces, displaces that shame that you might be feeling, like, you know, holding on to something. And, and right now when you have to be kind of on your own, it's, it's easy to kind of hold that stuff in. And, you know, just opening up with people in your groups is really freeing. So people don't have to be alone. No. Don't, don't do life alone. alone. Don't do life alone. That's why so, we're so, so connection groups. Yep. Women's ministry. Yep. And uh, we're trying to figure out how to do some special things for the kids. We haven't figured that part out yet. Yes. And we're really focusing on opening is focusing how we keep the kids safe, right? Yeah, that's a top priority. You know, we don't want to open and then not have safety back there like we would be able to be in here. Um, you know, also a really good way to connect is by being active in the chat in, you know, our services on YouTube, whether it's Burning Room Friday nights or either service on Sunday morning. It's it's really fun to get to talk to some of our friends and, yeah. and you know, just comment on what's happening in the service. And yeah. it feels like as normal as you can. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Sarah Amen. took all my time here. Oh, wait a minute. No, you're good, Sarah. Anything you want to say to the people before we kick you off? I miss you guys so much. And I can't she really to does. You. She's a people I person. I really do. She really misses I love people. You all. She loves you all. Hey, so I want to talk a little bit about what we're doing in feeding hungry people in this season. I'm going to bring Mike Rentler up, director of our GO team. Good morning, everybody. Mike Rentler's up. Oh, you're not on. You're, you're, you're on standby here. Oops. There you go. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Morning. Okay, so when before the Rona, you were feeding how often? Every Saturday because the two shelters that feed our local homeless. You got to look at this camera oh, right here okay. with the red the two, light. The two yeah. <laughs> shelters that feed our homeless people were open Monday through Friday. So Saturday gave us the opportunity to feed the people and they were very willing. Oh boy, free food. Yeah. And I don't have to leave my location because we go from location to location wherever our homeless are camping. Okay. So that was once a week before. And then when this thing hit, they closed down the feeding programs, right? Right. They told me that. They knew it before I did. And there was a look of panic on their face. Um, Who did? The homeless did? The homeless did. And they're like, oh, we're not going to be able to get breakfast and lunch for a week. And you only come on Saturdays. 
So really. took me two days to get the hint from God to do it. And then that following, they do closed what? on Monday. To do what? And now we're feeding them every day. We started on the Wednesday, That's crazy, 10 weeks yeah. ago. We have fed uh, 3,559 meals and had at least 204 salvations. So God, God is moving through this. We are very, very, very careful we go out there. There's social distancing. You get up on the sidewalk. Yeah. I pull out the water on the back of my car, and they, I, I just want a water. I go, yeah, you get on the curb right now. Yeah, this isn't the love we're talking about right now. <laughs> this so, is yeah, love. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. So, so you're feeding people. So, yes. so you have a commercial kitchen. You have, what, 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 what do you, what, what's happening here? Sue gets up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we start cooking, and it's ready by 11, and then I drive it down to Pompano, and we serve them. Yeah. So Mike and Sue cook the food. I think they get a little help once a week, and they're feeding yes. thousands of people. Why would you do that? Because God told me to. He said, feed the poor. And it's like, oh, that's easy. I can feed the poor. It's simple. It's not difficult. The things God asked us to do in our lives, when he tells you, it's not hard because he gives us the grace to do it. That's a good word. Yeah, I like it. That's a good word. He right is. You know, he, and God uses the most unique things to power just like, Go ahead. boom. What does that mean? Some boom. lady came. Go ahead. And she goes, Mike, do you like chicken? I said, boy. I like chicken. Chicken's expensive. She gave us 100 pounds of chicken breast for a whole weekend. We're cutting and chopping chicken breast and freezing it so it wouldn't go bad. And then a couple weeks later, a guy goes, oh, I got 40 pounds of sausage for you. Okay. I get over there to pick it up. It's 80 pounds of sausage. So everything that God tells us he's going to do, he doubles it. Come on. And, and the money, it's like we're shocked. The money just keeps coming in week after week. It's so what we need to come in now is people. Yes. Yes, that would be a big help. People and men's and women's clothes. I want you to know this. Mike is in his 30s. This is what feeding seven days a week has done to him. Right. <laughs> it's hard. No, no. It is. No. It He's is. over 30. 35. Uh, but, 35. It is, but they're doing a, they're doing a lot of work. And uh, listen, they're being safe, and, uh, but they're helping people. And, uh, you know, I believe God's probably convicting some people right now that they need to be helping. I'm about to Don't give you? my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Call Mike. Email Call us Mike. or go in the, go in the chat. We'll, we'll get you connected. Uh, God convicted Corey we need to do something. Hey guys. Hey. hey. You know, Corey. You know, Mike Corey. is looking Mike fit and trim with all that, that lifting you're doing. I mean, 80 pounds of all sausage, the 100 pounds yeah. of chicken. You look, you look good, man. Yeah, you look good. He's lost nine pounds. Thank you, Jesus. So if you haven't been hitting the gym because gyms have been closed, if you have put on a little corona weight, go out and feed the homeless. Why you going to go there, bro? You're gonna, yeah, you'll lose. At, all you have to do is feed 3,000 meals and you'll lose nine pounds, right? Right. There you go. That's all you got to do. You can start over any complicated. Guys, you know, but uh, listen, uh, we have been reaching out as a church um, and doing a, a, other things besides uh, what Mike and Pastor just talked about. Um, as many of you guys know, we've been getting involved with Boca Helping Hands, and several weeks ago, uh, Pastor and I filled a, a pickup truck with food that you guys donated. So, over 550 pounds of food. We brought toilet paper. Uh, you want this camera over here, camera? There you go. There you go. 
Yeah. That one? That one. Thank you. Yeah. He'll zoom 550 pounds of food. Um, we, we brought toilet paper and other goods. We gave them a check, and we're continuing to Amen. support them. Yeah, we're giving lots of money. some other feeding programs financially. And look, when we when we see the need in our community, you, you can't not meet it. When you see yeah. it and God's love is in you, you have to do something about it. And uh, God, God spoke to us about this you know, when this whole thing started. I remember um, when it was kind of only New York that was affected. And there was a one city in New York, I forget the name. Do you remember the name of that kind of first? It was New Rochelle. New Rochelle it, before things kind of got tough here. And, and Pastor called me and said, hey, do you think there's anything we can do for them? And, and I picked up the phone and I started calling around places in New Rochelle asking, what can we do? How can we help? And within a week, things got bad here. And it took about a week for them to get back to us. And they said, and they said well, no, they, they actually said, you know, take, take care of the needs there and we'll just be praying for each other. But, you know, since the very beginning, this whole thing's been going on, our goal has been, what, what can we do? Who can we serve? Because that's the heart of Jesus, right? Amen. We just want to love people. Amen. So if you want to get involved, get in the chat. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a number. I've already gone too long, so I'm kicking these preachers off my message now. Anything you want to say before we go, Corey? Love you guys. I really miss you guys. I was here for live worship. It's nice being in live worship. Yes, it is. It's awesome. It's so great to have people in live worship. So, listen, I'm blaming them for taking all my time here. So I'm just going to need a couple extra minutes. All right? Just a couple minutes, if I could. Stay with me here. Now, we can say this pandemic has thrown our lives a curveball. Right? We could all say that, and it has touched our addiction to certainty. If you're still addicted to certainty at this time, it's going to be a rough road for you. It's going to be a long life. Things are not going to be normal for a long time. That's just the truth. And we have to... We're going to have to adjust. So, so what do you do? What do you do? We need to be preparing for the next season. We can't get so stuck in this season that we forget there's going to be a next season, right? This breeds hope in us. Right now, we have to look beyond the horizon. We, we have to be preparing for the future. This is what breeds hope. People have gotten engaged in this season. Even in this room, people have gotten engaged in this season. And uh, we can breed new things in this season. Those two things are not connected. But um, if we're going to receive the full promise of the Comforter on Pentecost, we need to come to God with open hands, surrendered. We need to come to God, surrendering control of our lives. We want everything He has for us in this Pentecost season. We can look at our lives as kind of like kind of like a building project and. We got way into it. We're on step two. We're on step three. And then we realized, wait a minute, I actually wanted more rooms. I actually wanted it to be two floors. And we got to think to ourselves, okay, do I want to stay in this house that I built that is not going to be good long term? Or do I tear down what I've built and start kind of afresh? And so many times in our lives, we can, we can be invested in things that aren't going to be good long term. And we're scared to get rid of what we already have. But we need to just respond to God and just, we need to be flexible. We need to get ready to surrender things. Listen, I don't want you living with this question in your life. What could have been? We don't want to go to our grave saying, man, what could have happened? God wants to build something better in your life. 
don't hold on to what you have expected too tightly. God's going to fulfill what He promised you. Here's what Jesus says. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We have to understand our utter need for God in this season. We have to recognize that we don't have it figured out on our own. We need Him in this season. We need Him to flow through us to love other people. Here's what Paul said about God. Who among men knows the thoughts of man except for the spirit of the man which is in him, even so the thoughts of God? Paul said that nobody really knows you but your heart, but you. People think they know you, but they don't really know you. And people think they know God, but you don't know God unless you have His Spirit. Nobody knows you unless they have your heart. Nobody knows God unless they have His Spirit. And so Paul goes on to say that we, the Christians, have received His Spirit. We can know God. We can know His love for us. And we can know His love for others. I hope you are provoked by how some of these people are serving people. This is the love of God that is compelling them. What we believe about God matters. If we believe that God loves us and we believe that God loves others, then we can move from judgment and frustration and bitterness into demonstrating love. I want to challenge you this week. When you feel like getting frustrated, really what's happened is you're at the end of a road and you're not sure where to go, and so you call it frustration. You're at the end of a road and you're not going where you thought, so you call it anger. Why don't we do this? When you get to that end of the road and it's not going where you want, let's recognize what it is. We've gotten to the end of ourselves. We need to ask Holy Spirit to come and show us how to love. It's just a fork in the road. Are we going to choose love or are we going to choose anger? Are are we going to choose love or are we going to choose frustration? Are we going to choose what we want or are we going to choose what God wants? Love God, love others. That, that, that is still the plan for this season. And we can think, man, well, these people, they deserve it, or they've gotten themselves in this. Or you could say, I deserve what's coming to me. God might be punishing me. God's probably punishing me for the mistakes I made. No, friend, Jesus was punished already. This is what Thomas Burton said. He said, our idea of God tells us more about ourselves than about him. Quite often, if you don't see how much God loves other people, you won't see how much God loves you. It just works like that. God loved people enough that He sent His Son to die on a cross. That's how much He loves them. And that's how much He loves you. We are meant to enjoy God and our neighbor. This is the plan of God. Now, I I have a big mango tree in my yard. And it takes up a big chunk of my backyard next to my, next to my pool. If you've been to my house, you've seen it. And you might also know that my family doesn't eat mangoes. Uh, my wife maybe will eat two, maybe three in an entire season. And we get a lot of mangoes. People happen to love our mangoes. I don't know. I don't eat mangoes. But people say they, they taste good. And so we have an entire part of our yard dedicated to a tree that we eat keep just so we can give. It's an entire tree in our yard dedicated to giving. We've given part of our property for that. This is who God is. 
God puts things in our life solely that we can give away. And we find ourselves, we find our true call through losing ourselves, I want you to catch this, in God's enjoyment of our neighbor. I get joy watching people enjoy our mangoes. As strange as that sounds, as carnal as that may sound, we love giving them to people because it makes people happy. And it's so simple. This is the joy of the Lord that we get to enter into by loving other people. This is God's heart for people. You can't understand the mystery of life without knowing God. And you can't truly know how God loves you until you see how He loves other people. Loving our neighbors is a way of loving God and being loved by God. Genesis 2, as I close, Genesis 2, we read about Adam and Eve in the garden and uh, it's an interesting line. It says, Adam and Eve, it says in Genesis 2.25, says, the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Naked and unashamed. This is what I want to challenge you with. Don't, 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 don't get naked and unashamed. That, that's not, it's not a literal thing. Stay with me, people. That's date night in the coronavirus when you're married, I guess. But this is not what we're talking about. Gosh, we'll probably cut that out of the video. You'll never see that on the video. But I do want to challenge you. Come out of hiding. Come out of hiding. It's time to be naked and unashamed in the spiritual sense. I don't know why people are laughing that in this room. It's time to be naked and unashamed. Come out of hiding. Listen, when we protect ourselves, that's us being ashamed of who we really are. And so we put on these clothing of shame. We put on these clothing to hide the real us. Stop trying to protect yourself. Stop trying to guard yourself against people. Let God's love dictate your life. Are you scared to... Being friendly to people in this season, that's probably the most evil thing that's happened. We're scared to connect. No, that's not true. The deaths are clearly the most evil thing that's happened. I don't mean to belittle that, but I mean among us who are not infected, this, how it's affected our society. We want to let God's love dictate our lives. Not shame, not regret, not embarrassment, not fear of your past. Love. Many people are fearful. Well, what if my past dictates my future? And so we just try to avoid the pain that we've gone through in our lives. I I don't know. Has anybody caught this Michael Jordan documentary on TV? I've enjoyed it. Uh, There's two versions. There is an edited and an unedited. So you got to find that because they have a potty mouth, right? But there was this, in the 10th episode, there was this super, super, Interesting line. When they said it, I felt, I felt God grip my heart. The man was talking about Michael Jordan. And they were talking about how when you're in a clutch situation, they want, you always wanted to get the ball to Michael because he would always be fearless in shooting the ball. And he, a teammate of his said this about him. He said, Michael Jordan would always, he never was scared to take the shot. He was never scared to do the final shot. He was never scared to be on the line and him have the ball. He said this. This is what Michael Jordan said. He said, why would I think about missing a shot I haven't taken yet? Why would I think about missing a shot I haven't taken yet? 
No fear. Why would I worry about things that haven't happened yet? I don't think, I don't think any of you need to be like Mike. But I do think that we need to live a little more naked and unashamed. A little more not fearing what might happen, what people might say, what could go wrong. Stop the fortune telling of a bad future. We're going to make it through this together. Jesus came to reveal God for us. And when he did, he showed us that love is an action word. Stop the shame. Stop covering. Love without reservation. It is a love of God that compels us, as Paul said. I want us now, in light of this, to gather around the table of the Lord. And we're going to have communion together. And, uh, Corey, actually, we're going to move this to the side. Perfect. And I'm going to invite our, uh, the folks we had up talking earlier, if you would grab uh, some elements. Now, I want you to really consider in this season, like, what would the Lord have me do? What, what neighbor would you love? Hallelujah. Thank you, love of my life. I'm going to stand right here. Are we all in, Mr. Cameraman? It might move a little bit, but that's what happens when you're live and dynamic like we are in this HD studio that we're in. Hallelujah. Do you have, whoa, do you have your elements? Hallelujah. Now, on the night, wow, that Jesus was betrayed. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Hallelujah. He was broken for our healing. Don't, don't be scared of the breaking. You're going to make it through this season. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken for us, that we could be healed, that we could be whole, that we can experience your love, and that we literally can be conduits of your love to other people. Lord, we want to experience your love this week in loving others. Receive the body of the Lord. And on the same night, he took the cup and drank for it and said, this is the cup of my new covenant poured out for you. Jesus, I thank you that you're at this table with us right now. Wow. And I pray that you'll be with the people as we receive. Receive of the cup of the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you being connected. We appreciate you being faithful. We appreciate you being um, sowing into other people's lives and just being the hands and feet of Jesus in this season. God bless you. If you need anything, we're in the chat. If uh, you need prayer, if you want face-to-face -face prayer right now, there's a link in the chat and someone will contact you via Zoom. I'm sure I'm supposed to say what that link is, but I don't know it. And so that's how I kind of wing it. If you need help from us, Text RLC help to 97,000. We love you guys, and we'll see you in small group. God bless. Woohoo! Yay, thank you. Together. Good job. And it recorded. Yay. Well, we see.